Hi everyone, this is Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy. I'm Philly the Kid, and it's Friday. It's a beautiful, glorious Friday. After a not-so-terrible week, this week was a pretty good one. Went very, very smooth, and I hope, like me, you have an extended weekend from your 9 to 5 because of the holiday that's coming up. It's been very, very interesting this week. We've seen a lot of crazy shit in the news, like always. And there's a lot of things going on in the world that, you know, happen to be a little shitty sometimes. But then there's tons of good and a bunch of silver linings and all these beautiful, beautiful things. So, you know, I hope that you all have had a great week. I hope it's flown by for you. And I hope that you're enjoying listening to the show. If you are, I ask that you rate and share the show with people, with other people, animals, aliens, your food. Even share it with your bath water if it's clean. Or if you're taking a bubble bath, share it there. Um, I... Thank you guys for the reviews and ratings and listening and all the feedback and things I've been getting. I haven't said thank you for it in a while and I just need to say thank you because a lot of what has been happening, the small changes I've made here and there and learning how to integrate ads and all this stuff and editing the sounds of my recordings, shit's crazy. It's I love it. It's awesome. Um, And all the feedback I've been getting has just been glorious and it's been so helpful and insightful. So thank you for that. Um, If you do want to interact with the show, you want to give me some feedback, you want topics to talk about, you would like to hear your name said or a fake name said for you, or maybe you just want to say, Andrew, you're a motherfucking bitch and I don't like you, go ahead and do it. You can do all that through my social medias. Look at Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy or Lifestyle GBB. Either way you search it, you will find me on all social media platforms that way now. Or if you want to, you can reach me by email. And if you want to email me, you can do that at lifestylegbb at gmail.com. That's lifestyle, G is in gay, B is in black, B is in boy at gmail.com. Um, you know, of course, I'll read what you guys have to say. I'll look at everything that you put up and... If there are more than, we're going to say seven curse words this time, I am definitely going to stop reading at that. I had somebody message me and they used fucking shit in a very, very creative way. And they used it seven times in the same sentence. It was beautiful. When I was reading, I was like, oh, this is great. And then I got to the seventh one and I stopped reading. So I don't know what the rest of it said, but... It was cute. It was very, very good. Um, If you do reach out to the show and you'd like to be mentioned, I can mention you. If you don't want to be mentioned, I will keep you anonymous and nobody will know who you are. Not even the shinobi from Naruto will know who you are. And those bitches know everything. I mean, they take 24 episodes to explain how somebody said hello to somebody 45 years ago. But, you know, that's Naruto. (laughs) So... We'll get started off today, and I want to give some updates. Um, You guys know I constantly talk about these two places, one being Sudan and one being Kashmir. Um, So in Sudan, now that the military and sovereign council has been created, there have been some changes happening in the country. One part is that women are going to be a part of the board, and hopefully giving a voice and power to the minorities in the new Sudan. Um, The ceremony that swore everybody in, the 11 people who are going to be taking control of this transitional uh, government, there's 11 people. They were sworn in on August 21st with their hands on the Quran. Um, The group is going to be known as the Sovereign Council, and they'll guide Sudan during a transitional period 
following 30 years of an autocratic rule by Omar al-Bashir. This moment is definitely historic because of where they've been and what has happened has already been crazy. I've talked about it. You've probably read about it. You've seen it. There's been rapes, murders, assaults, everything for people protesting because they don't have enough bread and fuel. They don't have money. It, It was crazy. Now that a lot of those tensions have calmed down, I don't know if assaults are still occurring, but now that they have started to stop with the election of the people who are taking over this transitional government, it has changed the country from the direction it was going. Now, the... I'm not going to say the most important, but I'll say one of the biggest changes that is occurring is that now this council that is going to be running the country is going to have two women as part of it. Um, It raises the expectation that women are going to be granted additional rights. Minority groups of all kinds are now going to get voices in Sudan by having these women on the council because there have not been notable women in government and I may be a little bit wrong, but I do know that women played a role in politics in Sudan's, and they've also been a part of protest movements. <clears throat> there was a revolution that occurred in Sudan in 1964, where students at the time stood up to a military regime. Women were among the protesters on the front line of those protests when that was occurring. So there are definitely things that women have been a part of. And I mean, let's just be honest, y'all, society would not exist without women. It just won it. Men, we are dumb. I, <laughs> I can't say it any other way. Um, so the fact that these women are on the council, hopefully they will be giving women to uh, women, giving a voice to women in the country who are still greatly outweighed when it comes to equal rights comparing men to women. Uh, So that's the hope on the rise for Sudan. The other place I want to talk about is Kashmir. So in Kashmir, I remember talking about this three weeks ago, saying that there was a media blackout, that internet and cell phones uh, service was disabled pretty much throughout the entire country of Kashmir. Um, This occurred as military was ordered into the region by the Indian-led government and... They did this because they suspended uh, Kashmir's autonomy. And if you're familiar with what autonomy is, or if you're not, that means the country had the ability to essentially rule itself outside of the rest of India. And now they have decided to take that away. And now there are reports, and this was actually reported 12 hours ago um, by, I want to say this was... BBC. Yeah, it was on BBC. Now there is a violent military crackdown. Um, There are protesters saying, don't beat us, just shoot us. They don't want to be beaten. But what's been happening is security forces have been dispatched and villagers have been beaten uh, and they have been assaulted with weapons, with cables, sticks. They have even been given electric shocks. And this is reported by people who are protesting in the region. The Indian government, um, well, the Indian army that is there has said that these claims are baseless and unsubstantiated. Um, This is something that is happening now. And I remember saying that when there's blackouts imposed on a country or a place, are wherever the military's moving in and then all of a sudden they say, hey, we're cutting your communication. You know some shit's about to go down. Whether it's protesting, assaults, riots, something is about to happen. So that is what's going on in Kashmir now. And the more media attention it gets, hopefully these people can have a humane way of solving this dispute, I guess, in a way of their sovereignty. Um, But if you want to check those things out, look at BBC They have a lot of reporting. Al Jazeera, they've reported a lot. The New York Times has had a lot of reports and Vice. If you are a Vice fan, Vice News, the Vice Network, um, they have always reported on a lot of things that you don't hear in the mainstream American media. So it's a great source to check out if you are interested. Or if you want to know more and you want to just message me, just message me. I'll send you everything that I found, but 
keep looking into it, y'all. So today's episode is going to be called Gay, Black, and Spiritual. Um, I thought about doing this episode for quite a long time. And I've written things down. I've tried to compose things. I've tried to talk about it with myself, with friends, with family members, all kinds of things. And I didn't know what to do. I just, I even tried recording it two weeks ago and the recording was just so bad. I just deleted it and said, forget it. I just don't want to use that. So now I feel I've actually got myself pointed in a good direction. I'm no longer walking around with a paper bag on my head that's super glued down. Uh, So I'm... I feel a lot more comfortable talking about it. Um, So let's just start off with a quote of the day. The quote is going to be, I believe in God, but not as one thing, not as an old man in the sky. I believe that what people call God is something in all of us. I believe that what Jesus and Muhammad and Buddha and all the rest said was right. It's just that the translations have gone wrong. That is from John Lennon. Um, now this quote, it stuck out to me right away because I have a lot of that same belief in me. Um, so growing up, I always heard the word spiritual used with the word religious. They were used together and they were never differentiated from each other. My family has always been a part of Christianity for as long as I can remember And I feel that spending so much of my life in Christianity and organized religion, it's given me an understanding of some of the things in life, but it's also caused a lot of turmoil and confusion for me in my life as well. Um, I never felt like I had a connection with Christianity or a specific religion or the church. uh, or the black church, the church, the black church, whichever way you want to look at it. I never felt that this, these were spaces or places that I belonged. I didn't have much of a connection with them. Um, now, before we go further, I just want to say that the purpose of this episode is not to bash a spe- specific religion. It's not, um, most of my views are coming from somebody who has been involved in Christianity because I have studied and learned about other religions, but I have not practiced them. Um, So I can't really speak from somebody who's Buddhist. I can just say what I've learned. I can't speak from somebody who is Jedi because I'm not a Jedi. Even though the Jedi religion, that may be one I'd be interested in, as long as I can learn to use the force. And if I can use the force to just summon fried chicken out of nowhere, I'm, I'm sold. I am sold. I will become Luke Skywalker at that point. What can I call that? Blue chicken stepper. Foul air glider. I like that. Foul air glider. That's going to be my name. <laughs> so I don't want to bash a specific religion. That's not the point of it. All of this is just my own reflection on my opinions and experiences that I've had being a part of the church and being a part of Christianity. Um, at this point in my life, I don't consider myself religious. I do not consider myself religious at all. Um, when I think of religion and being religious, I see it as you're assigning yourself to a specific religion, deity, or vision. And those are things that I don't see myself Uh, assigning myself as. Um, I see myself as spiritual because I don't have a specific religion like Christianity, Buddhism, Scientology, Jediism. There's tons more out there. The Church of Pancakes. Ooh. Hmm. Bookmark that. But I focus on the energy that I'm putting out in the world. And what it's building my life and what it's also going to be leaving behind after I'm gone. Um, I don't believe in a specific deity like Ra, Jesus, Allah, Vishnu. Um, I believe that 
we're all a part of this celestial force that surrounds everybody that's within everybody that is human. If you are human, you are a part of this force. If you're not human and you're still a living creature, you're still a part of this force. If you are a living creature and not human, you can understand and listen to this podcast. I love you. I really do. Teach me to talk whatever you speak because I want to talk to you for real. Um, But I believe that we're all a part of this force. We're bound to this force. We cannot get away at the celestial energy or this force that is within all of us. And even though we're all a part of it, we all interact with it differently. And what we contribute to that force is different than what anybody else contributes. We're a part of this singular force, but we're still individuals. That is what I feel spirituality is. And that is what I assign myself to. I assign myself to being a spiritual individual, but not a religious one. I believe that being a part of this collective force that we can't change no matter how much we try um, is something that since we can't get away with it, get away from it, we have to learn to live within it. And learning to live within it is reading the energy that you're putting out there. Even though we're all a part of this energy force, we're still contributing to it. So if I'm putting out negative energy, I am infecting that force with negativity. And I feel that's what you see when a bad attitude infects another person, then infects another person. It's like watching a zombie movie that is not fucking fun at all. I mean, could you imagine in World War Z if you've seen the movie with, uh, what's his name, Brad Pitt, I think is the star of the movie, and there's these zombies running around, and all you gotta do is get scratched, and then 10 seconds later you turn into a zombie? That is what negative energy is. You know, I could come back into work after lunch and be like, God damn it, I dropped my fucking french fries. And just anger, anger, anger. And that energy, it's emanating off of me. Everybody else who's in the office is going to start feeling that negative energy. So my interaction with this celestial force that we're all bound on and me coming back pissed off because my fries fell on the floor has now affected the energy with and around everybody else. That is what I feel is the focus of spirituality to me, is understanding, learning that what am I contributing to the spiritual force that is around us and not assigning it to, you know, like God, Christian, or any of the, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to figure a word for this, any of the established religions, maybe I'll say it that way. Um... So when it came to me coming to the conclusion that I am more of a spiritual person, I, it took a while. I actually didn't start identifying as spiritual until I got into my mid twenties. Um, cause I still didn't understand everything that I had experienced growing up through Christianity, you know, growing up in a Christian family and then going to a black church, it didn't feel normal to me. I remember church being very, very long and taking up most of my life. I remember that. I remember there was prayer on Mondays. There was Bible study on Wednesdays. There was Friday service. There were sometimes things on Saturdays. And then there was Sunday. And Sunday was an eight-hour affair. It was a all-day process. It really was. So, like I said, we went to a black church and when you're in a black church and they have a full kitchen, like range stove, everything to serve and prep food, you know that you're going to be in a place long. Every Sunday, they would do Sunday school, which was like two hours long. Then they would say, hey everybody, it's breakfast time. So then you go downstairs and you get breakfast. And this isn't like just a donut a little cup of coffee. No, there's bacon, there's eggs, there's sandwiches, there's pancakes, there's sausage, there's fresh fruit, there's donuts, there's coffee, there's orange juice, there's apple juice, there's ice cold filtered water, all kinds of stuff. Food is delicious. So good. Amazing food. I would kick a small baby in the face for another one of those breakfast sandwiches because they are amazing. But 
And if you have gone to a black church, you're a part of a black church, or you're black and you've been to a black church, you may understand it, that when a church cooks that kind of breakfast and all you've had right now is Sunday school, that Sunday morning service is going to last. You will be there for about the full length of all three of the Lord of the Rings extended cut movies. You are going to be there. You will be sitting down. You will be listening. You will be dancing, clapping, having good music, having a good time. But before you turn around and realize that service started at 11 and it's now 6 o'clock when you're leaving, that's what happens. So I remember it being that very time-consuming event. And it went on for days at a time. Now, where it came into play for me, where I started to feel uncomfortable, was the moment in my life where I started to identify that I had an attraction to men. And then I finally started identifying as gay. Once I finally got to that point... And even before that, when I was still trying to figure myself out and figure out what the hell is going on in my life, I remember sitting in church and every time we were in church, whatever was going on, somehow the sermon, the Bible study, the prayer or something would get to talking about gay people. It would get to talking about gay people, homosexuality, and it immediately went from a very safe kind of loving environment to feeling like damn I'm just getting attacked now some people will say who have been to church they'll say well that's just Jesus or God speaking to you I didn't see it that way because I had always learned through Christianity that Jesus God and uh, the Holy Spirit and stuff is loving and it's here to help people and be a loving guiding force for you in your life and when it got onto the subject of gay or whoever was the person preaching or talking, it was like, oh, we're going to talk about something gay. So then everybody who's listening there makes noises or like, mm-hmm. Like they're saying, oh, those fudge packers, we're about to talk about that ass. That's kind of like the vibe I would get. And then it never went to like, oh, hey, you know, God still loves the gays or the gays are all right with God. It was like, no, they're depraved people who have unfulfilled lives, who are incomplete, who are crazy, have been turned over to a reprobate mind, all kinds of things where it's like, well, damn, am I just crazy? And then it'd be like, they're bound in sin, they're disgusting. And then there are even times where just sitting in the chair, I felt so insulted. I'm just like, what? So... I felt completely uncomfortable. I mean, there was even one time where it was probably the dumbest thing I had ever heard somebody fucking say, especially now that I think of it. But there was a preacher who was talking and he equated the rise of Legionnaire's disease to the fact that men are fucking each other in their ass. He said, because of anal sex, that's why Legionnaire's disease exists. Now, I am no scientist. I am no doctor. I am just a boy who happens to like taking a good one. And I have never gotten Legionnaire's disease. Not once in my life. And I'm pretty sure it did not start from butt sex. I'm pretty sure it came from the mutation of a bacteria or virus. But anyways... (laughs) that like I remember just hearing dumb dumb things like that things that I just could not agree with so then I started to put two and two together where I was like well I'm going to this place that's insulting me and literal insults are what are being said about me and I'm spending more than the time that I spend at home here in this building a lot of the time why would I do that Why am I going to a place that is literally going to insult me for hours, throw some food in my stomach, and then say, oh, hey, we still love you. But then even after the actual sermon was done, 
the parishioners who were going to the church. Well, I won't even say parishioners because that's for a parish. Um, the people going to the church services were just as vile at times. I mean, I remember times as a kid where I would bring my best friend with me to church. Like, I'm like, yeah, we're going to church together because you know what? There's nothing better than having a side of Jesus and my best friend here with me too. And I was all about it. Loved it. I wasn't even thinking about anything gay or anything like that in my life. I didn't give a damn about sex because I was too young to think about it. I was more focused on what the hell is going to happen on Digimon on Saturday or it may come on Sunday because I'm going to watch it online. That's what my focus was. And going to the church, I can recall multiple times where either my family members who were a part of the church would come to me and say, hey, this person said that your friendship with your friend doesn't look right. Two guys shouldn't be hanging out this way. Or I'd have random people in church come up to me and say, well, God spoke to me, Brother Shepherd, and said, you know, there's greatness for you in your life, but you got to get a good woman. And mind you, at this age, I am not concerned about dating men or women didn't give two shits and it was like every conversation would turn into that I'm like what the fuck is wrong with me I just want to come here get my dash of Jesus and hope and pray and then go home I couldn't do that could not do that so by the time I was old enough to say to my parents I do not want to go to church I stopped going to church now if you're in a black family and a lot of families when you live at home with your parents their rules are the rules and if they say you have to go to church you have to go to church but when I turned 16 and I said no I shan't be going I stopped going and I think my parents may have picked up on it that it was just not something that I was even happy with at that point in my life where I said, no, I'm not going, I had already tried to hurt myself multiple times. I had attempted suicide because I hated what I was. After hearing hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of somebody preaching saying that I'm going to burn in hell because I want to find love and then saying at the same time, but God loves you. I'm like, I was so confused. I didn't know what to do. I had no idea what to do. I mean, I was literally to the point where if I saw a guy who was like I thought was attractive, I would find myself in my head praying vigorously on the verge of crying for Jesus to forgive me because I thought somebody looked attractive. Let me get off that. Let me get off my little soapbox here because it's one of those things that I felt was terrible for me in my life and it didn't work. It did not work for me. So when I got the chance to say I shan't be going, I shan't be going. And I stopped. I stopped going at that point. And it was definitely beneficial to me in my life to stop going. You know, I had to relearn a lot of things. I had to learn myself. I had to learn to love the person I was and the person I am still now. I had to learn to love that because no matter what I do, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be stuck with myself forever. You know, so strap up, I guess. So from the point that I had stopped going and I started learning and loving myself, I wanted to start meeting more people, which I started doing. I moved out of my parents' house. I started building experiences. And then in college, one of my favorite classes was anthropology and learning about different cultures and their religions and the things that they hold near and dear to their hearts, especially in a spiritual or religious way. Um, I started learning and reading a lot more texts that have to do with religion. So, you know, there's the Bible. I've read some of the Book of Mormon. Um, Some of the, if you've ever seen them, the 12 Israelites, they've got packets. The Jehovah's Witness stuff, I looked into some of that stuff. I looked at Buddhism and... A few other things just to understand and start getting some research there. I even had a chance to read a translation of the Book of the Dead from Egypt, which is actually pretty interesting, by the way. It's a good read. Um, and then I even checked out things like books, like the uh, the Epic of Gilgamesh, which is great. If you have not read it, you may love it. If you don't want to read the Epic of Gilgamesh, 
watch the anime called Gilgamesh. It is completely different than the book, but there are references in the anime that come directly from the text of the book. So it might spark your interest in it. Um, But I started reading these things because I wanted to know what is this religious and religious thing about? What is it? Is it the same for everybody? Is it different for people? What is it? And I'm like, I know not all religions are going to say gay people are bad. And I know a lot are very accepting, have different ways in them. But I just wanted to know what was out there. So as I would research and I start learning more about different religions, a lot of the things came to a specific point that I was reading or researching or talking about that every religious text that I had a chance to get my hands on, at some point there was a reference to treating the people in the world with you, whether they're labeled as neighbors, citizens, other fellowship members, people. It always came back to coming back to people and treating people the way you want to be treated and making sure that your energy that you're putting out in this world is something positive that can be built upon. I came to that no matter what text I was looking at. And that was the moment that it freed me. That was the moment where I was like, okay, it does not matter what a single deity could say to me. What matters is that I can look at myself in the mirror every day without regret and smile back and love the person that I see knowing that I'm not out here hurting other people, that I'm not trying to sabotage or destroy other lives. I'm just out here contributing something positive to this network and cosmic force that bounces us all. So we're going to take a little break, um, but we'll be back. Alright guys, so I'm back. Um, I want to get back into spirituality. So one point that I would want to bring up about being spiritual is that it has helped me look at the world outside of myself. Um, An example of that would be every day when I start work, I have a glass or a mug of coffee. It's always black coffee, no cream, no sugar, but sometimes I'll add in three spoonfuls of instant hot cocoa mix. Now, I'm sure there's sugar and dairy and dirt and rocks and minerals and plutonium and probably a little uranium in that uh, hot cocoa mix, but it makes me feel like I have the sun inside of my body sometimes. So I do it. I love to drink it. It's perfect. No matter what I do every day I have the same thing and it's always in the morning it's my first drink of the day that is what I need and it starts my day off very well now I bring that up because I want to talk about it as if it's a religious ceremony for me in a way but I kind of call it more of a spiritual ceremony I would say it that way as well the reason being is that act of me getting my cup of coffee right there, if it's not done right, if it's not done the way that I want it, I I lose it. I just lose it. And I relate that to religion in this aspect, that there are ceremonies and let's take communion, for example, that are very regimented. Um, You have the host, which is also the cracker or the body. You've got the blood, aka the wine. Um, And the ritual of communion follows something very specific. It's a specific event that occurred in Christianity. And it's meant for the purpose of bathing in the blood of Jesus Christ in a way. Where it's you are doing an act as, I guess, a remission of sin. Um, And that's how I learned it. So... I bring it up because with it being so specific and when most of our minds hear a ritual like communion, you go to Christianity, Catholicism, and all that stuff. Being spiritual, my morning routine is my communion. This isn't done in a way, and when I bring up my coffee again, it's not done in a way to say that I'm observing the body of a deity and taking that into my body. I'm saying that 
this is something that makes me happy, that adds a little perk to my day, and it also helps me center my energy within myself. Because at that moment, I'm focusing on that warm, delicious coffee. Ugh, it's great. And at that point, once I'm all good, boom, I can start my day. I'm all good to go. Um, it's kind of the same thing that is going on in the rest of my life. I mean, most of my life is sheer chaos. It can be genuine chaos at times. Um, you know, sometimes I wake up in people's basements. Um, I go out for breakfast and then I don't recognize the people I'm looking at. So I go home, finally sleep until about 10 a.m., then make it back to work. That can be some of the things. And when I make it to work, I have my coffee. (laughs) Even though I had some crazy experience and it has happened, I woke up in somebody's basement But it was like a cute basement. It wasn't like skeevy. And it was just because there was a party. I drank too much and blacked out on the floor. But even that day, I remember, and this was years ago, I immediately got up and went to Starbucks and went and got some coffee. Now, it's not my same morning cup of coffee, but it was that ritual to align me in some way, shape, or form. One, so I can organize my thoughts of what was going on. And two, I can actually have something that is going to contribute positively to me. That was my focus of my coffee at that point. So, all of that, I know I just went on some random circle about coffee and communion. But I say all that to say that with religion and having specific religious organizations that you answer to, that have a set of rules and traditions and practices, being spiritual... I feel like I have more freedom in my life just in general. Um, Spirituality, I define it as understanding your energy and the relationship to that energy in the world around you for the purpose of understanding how that energy works your life and how you work it. Um, And there's no rules to that. There's no set of guidelines there's no commandments to say that you have to do this this way in order to be a part or an active piece in this energy this cosmic force the spiritual force that's out there we can all be a part of it and still interact with it again and circling back in our own way and it interacts with us completely different than it interacts with the person sitting right next to us so I uh, post a question on my social media about religion and spirituality. I want to know if people had differences in the terms, um, their experiences when it came to being religious, and anything positive or negative that you could think that you'd want to share. So I had some of the um, opinions come in where, you know, it's just simply uh, churches, church and religion is a scam. It's a lie. Or there was some pretty creative insults out there. Those aren't the things that I'm going to read. There are three people who responded that I want to read. So the first person who did his... I'm going to give you a fake name because you didn't say if you wanted a real name or not. But um, was Nicholas. And he said, I have a buddy who is a gay priest. And I think he would say to remember, not all clergy are judgmental. Some of them are just ignorant, but others can have a truly positive effect on the lives of others. Hopefully your next experience with church will be a little bit better. Thank you, Nicholas, for sharing that. Um, And I like what you said there, that you have a friend. You have a friend who is gay and a priest. And you don't hear that too often at all. At least I haven't heard that too often. Um, You know, my experience with the church, yes, it was a negative one. And it kind of made me in a way, not want to go because it contributed to the factors that I take as far, far more hurtful and negative to myself than anything else out in this world could be. Um, So I hope, you know, maybe in the future there will be experience that I have that I enjoy. Um, The one thing that I do like that you said in here is that, you know, not everyone is judgmental. And judgmental people and judgmental statements and personalities are... I would say at least a good 30% of why I stopped going to 
to church and why I stopped defining or aligning with the religion. Um, Because it's something that's out there. We all sense it. And I know a lot of people who still go to church, who they feel it as soon as they walk in the door. You know, someone whispers, oh my God, she wore that to church. Oh, she's got pants on in church. What is she thinking? Meanwhile, that person who's like, oh my God, she has pants on in church, has just sucked four dicks, licked four pussies, and then let people give them a facial. So, you know, (laughs) no shame in your game. I mean, if that's you and you like that, go ahead and do it. But don't try to call somebody else out for what they're doing. I just don't think that's okay. So then I had Craig. Um, he also messaged me. He messaged me on Vero, which uh, was awesome. And Craig said, I'd say churches probably aren't for you. However, having your own spirituality and connection with a creator can be established. It will give you the sense of meaning and belonging like a church does. So thank you for sending that, Craig. I liked what you said. Um, you know, I've already established it. Church is not my jish. It's not for me. Um, not saying it's not for anybody else who is out there. If you want to go and you enjoy it, do it. Because that's your interaction with yourself. For me, it is not a part of my life. It's not something that I will be getting involved with. But I can relate to what you said about aligning yourself with a creator or a connection. Um, while I don't believe that there's a singular creator out there, I do believe in what I've been talking about, this spiritual force, this cosmic energy that we're all bound to. I believe it's there. I know it's there. I mean, I think that's the force that is behind us when we sense another human in our space. That is the same force that makes you make eye contact with another person just because they're there. We don't just simply bypass them or ignore them like no one else exists because you can feel that person physically in your space. And that, I believe, is still there. Um, I have to say, being a spiritual person and thinking about how my life aligns with this energy that I keep talking about is my guiding force. I feel like that is the thing that gives me a sense of belonging. You know, energy is never lost. It's simply transferred. Um, That's just a concept that's in science, and I forgot who said it. I forgot whose theory it is. But I feel that's the same thing when it comes to this cosmic energy, this force that is with us and always around us. Your energy is never lost, and it's there to keep you and to contribute. And I feel like I'm happy the times that I attempted to kill myself didn't work um, because I feel I would be taking away from that energy and the transferred energy that would occur would only be negative. There wouldn't be any positive with that. So I say that to say that it does give me that sense of belonging, knowing that I am still contributing to this world even though I'm not a part of a church. Um... And so then Rodney um, in the Black Podcasters United group that I'm a part of, he is the host, well, the co-host of the Love You to Life podcast. And um, Rodney said to me, he said, you're touching on something that is near and dear to people's hearts. Churches and religions have historically been divisive. I stopped going when I became more free in my thinking and beliefs. For the record, I was raised Baptist. Now, if you're not familiar with Baptist or um, other things that are there, it's still Christianity, but it's a different breakdown. So there's Baptist, there's Apostolic, there's a Protestant, and there's a lot of different. Um, uh, I'm gonna call them factions. I'm pretty sure there's a better word, but there's a lot of different factions and versions of Christianity that are out there. They all still read the Bible from what I know, but there is a difference in how things are practiced or interpreted. Um, And yes, Rodney, I get that this is definitely something that's very near and dear to people's hearts. Some of the responses I got just from asking the question that I asked and I didn't think it was offensive, some people took it very offensively and were very vocal about it. Um, It can be divisive, and that's one thing that's hard for me because it just makes me think of my past. It was divisive within myself. 
I, it created two personalities that were arguing amongst each other when it came to religion. Um, I, my energy was all over the place. It was out of whack. I didn't know what I was doing. And I, too, like I said, stopped going when I got to the point in my life where I'm like, I cannot handle this literal duality that's going on in my head. My brain is pulled to two different extremes over and over and over again, and I can't find a middle ground. I had to free myself from that oppression that was on me. And I'm not saying that the church is the oppression. I'm saying the oppression that was created in me physically and emotionally. That is what, and it was my own oppression. I'm sitting here trying to say, I cannot live the life that I know I want to live because I got to get to heaven to see Jesus. And I had to free myself from that. If there is something at the end of this life, we will all find out what it is when we die. I don't believe in any of the hell and all that stuff because we don't know. We have no idea what exists out there. And I don't believe that somebody else who's written it down in a book can accurately tell us when that individual has never died. But it's just how I think about it. So I can agree, Rodney, and I want to hear you guys talk about it on the Love You to Life podcast because I listen to you guys vigorously and I want to hear because I know that you are religious and then, Rodney, you have a non, don't take it offensively, maybe non-religious side to a lot of what you say. So I'd love to hear you guys talk about it. I really want to hear and know what you have to say. Um, But those are the people who I want to talk about, read what you said, because there's always great things when people get to interact with each other and this community of podcasting, it just, it grows and grows and grows and it just makes you feel good. And to hear other opinions on topics is just amazing. So if you want to contribute to the show, you can definitely do so by hitting me up on the social medias, just look for Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy or email the email address lifestylegbb at gmail.com. That's Lifestyle, G as in George, B as in Black, B as in Boy at gmail.com. Um, so that's all I had to cover for today when it comes to this topic of spirituality. I would love to hear what you guys have to say, what you feel about it, because I, I get that it'll just be good and amazing. Um, so right now I want to take a moment and I want to stand for something. And this is going to be, I'm going to call it my, uh, melanin excellence. Let's call it that. Melanin excellence. And this is about the 1619 Project. If you are not familiar with the 1619 Project, one journalist from the New York Times wrote a piece called the 1619 Project. It has to do with the start of slavery in America and how 20 enslaved Africans arrived in the British colony of Virginia. And it starts from there. It goes on telling the history of slavery when it comes to the slave, the people who were enslaved becoming free, the people who were slavers and what they did and things that occurred. Now, we hear a lot of things... I'm not even going to say we hear a lot because that's not true. When it comes through our education system and it comes to the history of slavery and how America was built on slaves and racism, it is glossed over in U.S. history. At least it was for me when I was in high school. And I mean, I remember there being, I think, a chapter, a chapter when it came to slavery In that chapter, slavery was about a good paragraph. That was it. And it's very glossed over. They don't talk about the fact that slaves jumped off boats, that the people who were enslaved uh, did different rebellions, that they were fighting back. Those things are not outwardly mentioned. They don't talk about the names of the boats that brought the enslaved over. They don't talk about the fact that the slavers did so many terrible things to the people that they had enslaved. They just talk about slavery was a period, it was over, and we're all good now. And that's what you get. So the 1619 Project is amazing. It 
I want to get the journalist's name for you guys so you can look it up yourself. But if you go to Google and um, look up the 1619 Project, just look at the 1619 Project, just type in 1619. It's actually one of the most frequently uh, searched things on Google right now. But the actual project is amazing. It has already blown my mind with things that I didn't realize occurred during slavery. Um, Things that I had no idea about, like when it came to the Emancipation Proclamation, um, when it came to the 13th and 14th Amendments. These are things that I didn't realize. Um, I won't give it away because I want to make sure that the project itself gets the streams and reads and is... um, definitely uh, read in its entirety. I guess I can say it that way. And if you are not somebody who reads, you can also listen to the 1619 Project as a podcast. And the podcast itself is amazing. So I would just say check it out. And I'm going to get the author's information for you guys because it is... I can't say it enough. It's amazing. So, the author of the 1619 Project is Nicole Hannah-Jones. And Nicole Hannah-Jones, she does work for the New York Times. And the whole thing is called America's Memory of Slavery in the 1619 Project. Um, The 1619 Project is the title of the actual piece. And she was on The Breakfast Club yesterday. If you guys listened to The Breakfast Club I'm sorry, not yesterday, Wednesday. And she was talking about the 1619 Project and why she decided to take this on and why she decided to uh, create it. Now, you will find things if you look for the 1619 Project, how people are saying that it hurts black people. I don't agree with that at all. You'll see things where they say it's all about attacking white people. I don't agree with that at all either. The 1619 Project is a very head-on look, unapologetically, about slavery, the history of slavery in America, racism, racism in America, and what can we do to help change. And I would say check it out if you get a chance to. It is definitely worth a read. It is definitely worth listening to, and you'll love it. Um, So I hope you enjoy it. Now, to end today, to end of today... Um, let's say I'll give you a quote. Our quote for ending today is going to be when life gives you lemons, get a bottle of rum, a bottle of seltzer and make seltzer water with rum and a lemon in it. This is fucking terrible. <laughs> Have a good weekend, guys.